You're tuning into this week's Revival Recap. Let's hear what's happening in the life of our church. Welcome back to Revival Recap. I'm Seth Dahl with Eddie Tate, who preached Saturday night last week, but ended up chucking out his notes, right? Partway <laughs> yes, through, did. you just pa- pass them to Megan. Yep. So we're going to recap a little bit of the service. I got a few things we're going to talk over, um, but you told a lot of crazy <laughs> stories. Yeah. Things yeah. that were kind of like, don't try this at home. Very un- much so. <laughs> unless you know it's God. You have to know you know you know. <laughs> it has to be able to be said. You have to be able to say, God told me, not Eddie did. Right. Very Eddie much. did this. Yep. Um, so those stories were awesome. I loved them. But you said a few things um, just near the beginning and then again near the end that I wanted to just bring up and talk a little bit about. So in Revival Recap, if you are listening, watching, if you haven't heard the message, you're going to want to go hear it so you can get the full picture of what we're talking about. But I'm just going to pull out a few snippets about the father that Eddie mentioned. So towards the beginning, you said the world needs to see the father. So we need men to stand up and be men. Yeah. You just kind of went for a minute or so on talking to the men. Do you want to elaborate on that? What do you mean by we need men to stand up and be men? Yeah, a lot of that comes from, I mean, really praying into us moving here. God put on my heart that there was going to be a movement from the men of the house. And it's honestly the men of the city. And it's just the restoring of the father to the country, yeah, to that the was, family. You said that was like the first vision you had yeah. when you were praying over yeah. this. I, I saw newspapers in other countries where they opened up the newspaper and the headlines were, there's a city of fathers. Fatherlessness is broken off over a city. And it was like, wow, the world is now aware of this. And really, I think what I mean by that is our culture and society has feminized or taken away the ability for men to actually be leads, like to discipline to be strong in who they are. That doesn't mean that they have to be a certain characteristic of a macho-ness or whatever. It just means actually lead and be strong men in who they are, in their faith, in their leading their family, in their doing what they're called to do. And, you know, I, I see men that are afraid to actually step forward because we confuse equality and we confuse balance in the home with both people have an equal levels of leadership. And that's not what it is. It's like men are called to lead. It doesn't mean that they're domineering and they're actually pushing down. It should be truly leading means you're picking and lifting up and pulling the best things out of the people around you. And I think as men, we're, we're labeled when we do that. It's like, oh, you're just bullying. You're just being controlling. And it's like, no, sometimes men need to just lead. And by leading, the environment around them grows. And our society has really slowly over time stripped a lot of that away. Yeah. And it's really, that's that's the heart behind that. It's like men need to actually just walk out their identity and realize who they're called to be, regardless of how society sees it, who they're called to be may be exactly the remedy for the things that society is facing. Yeah. But it's sometimes pointed as they're adding to the problem. Right. And it's like God has given us a foundation of what being a man should be like, and we need to walk that out. Yeah. I heard recently the one of the original the one of the, one of the ladies in the original feminist movement that sort of brought women, you know, brought a lot of good stuff for women right. in our country and 
put a lot of attention in the right place for women. <clears throat> but she recently said, you know, feminism's taken a different turn. And she said, one of the things we actually need in our nation that will be best for women is to have strong men, yep. healthy men, men that because it's almost like the, the women came up in such a way that it almost had you had they had to diminish the men right. in order to raise the women rather than oh no let's raise the women and the men need to be a part of raising the women but still be who they are yeah at the it's, same time. it's something we see in our children sometimes is you know people will cut people down to feel powerful and that's actually the wrong way to do it yeah powerful people are created by powerful people yeah when you demean someone or you bring somebody down so that you can feel stronger you're actually going against the natural way we've been created to empower people yeah and that's I don't think, I really don't think most people have done that intentionally. No, not intentionally. But I think all. as a societal shift, we've seen that happen over the years where we're like, well, men can't be this way if women are also called to be. That's not true. Yeah. It's like, man, you actually see men lead, women are empowered in their environment. Yeah. That's true leading. That's truly standing the way God designed a man. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Um, one of the things you said, minute ago about discipline and you mentioned it in your message was fathers and discipline how society will tell us not to discipline our children right but i know me and you've had a lot of conversations yes, around children <laughs> families parenting fathering um but just discipline you know the bible says perfect love casts out fear because mm -hmm. fear involves punishment so one of our core values here is god's not a punisher right we're not that's we're not exactly punished. It. Jesus died on the cross so that we won't be punished. Um, the Bible says first in, in the same set of verses in the context, we'll have boldness on the day of yep. judgment yep. because as he is, so are we in this world that we, we're going up there to be judged in Jesus name, not in our name. Yep. And, but then it says perfect love casts out fear because fear involves Punishment. punishment so a lot of times what's happened in my perspective is we've we've wanted to avoid punishing our children and and partnering with the punisher mm -hmm. who's not god but the enemy and we've moved away from discipline completely right. so we don't discipline because we're afraid to punish or we don't discipline because society says um don't don't discipline your children right and so will you just talk a little bit more about that yeah and and you hit exactly where my heart is behind that is that we have mistaken discipline for punishment. And, you know, a lot of times it's because you have the outliers. And, you know, society sometimes shifts based on the outliers. Yeah. We see three or four hugely promoted stories about something that was taken outside of context. And then we judge the entire basis of yeah. thought behind it because of the outliers. Discipline is actually creating boundaries that your children or people around you can thrive in. Punishment is actually... Dis, not discipline, it's actually reprimanding them. It's actually bringing pain or consequences to somebody that's not doing what you want. Yeah. Or going outside, like if my children go outside the areas of discipline, it's not punishments like, hey, we need to get back into a place where you're gonna succeed and you're gonna thrive because this is how you've been designed. Yeah. Punishment is I'm excluding you, I'm, I'm hurting you, I'm doing something because you disobeyed what I asked. That's yeah. totally different. And we need to be able to have a culture where we we discipline. We have like, good boundaries. The, the root word of that is disciple. disciple. Yeah. And that's what the disciples were. The disciples walked with Jesus. 
there were boundaries that they were told to walk in. Yeah. They would bring things to Jesus and he would say, oh, look at it this way. Yeah. It was the discipline of God that actually got them to see how he saw. Yeah. It wasn't, oh, how foolish are you? Get away from me. I'm no longer walking with you. You're not allowed to follow me because you made a mistake. Yeah. That's punishment. Yeah. Discipline is what's created. Children need boundaries. Yes. They actually don't just need them. They desire them. Society tells them to rebel against boundaries yeah. because it's limiting. It's not. It's safety. Yeah. Anybody that's been on a farm knows that. It's like you don't just let your animals go wherever they want because they'll likely be killed. Yeah stolen yeah. or hurt and you won't be able to find them. Whereas when you give them boundaries, it's not, it's not against them. No, it's for, for them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Another way I would say that is on a road. You would not want to drive on a road without lines right. or curbs or medians or guardrails, depending yep. on the road. Like you actually need those boundaries to know where you're going, um, where other people are going. And it's really a protection thing. It's, it's so you don't feel, uh, it's so you feel safe yeah. as you drive, as safe as possible. But another thing too is like the, a lack of discipline in children creates anxiety. Yes. And we have a whole lot of kids that are super full of anxiety, low level anxiety, high levels of anxiety, high, high percentages of um, prescription drugs for kids. <laughs> we got kids that are just drugged up like crazy because of anxiety, because of stress. And a lot of it has to do with a lack of boundaries, yeah. a lack of discipline, because the kids are so afraid because they don't know where they can and can't go. They don't know where the lines are. They're driving down the road or they're on the farm without any sort of, this is where you right. get to be. Yep. This is where you can be. And without that thing of like, I actually trust my parents to have my best interests in mind. Yeah. When they say, don't go there, because of our relationship and our connection, I actually trust them that they they know what's best. They right. they want what's best. And so they're not gonna say no just to be mean right. or to keep me from good things. They're gonna say no to keep me from bad things. Yeah. And having that connection with our kids so that when we discipline, there's the trust factor right. as well is super important. And, and our heart posture is always gonna be important. If I react out of anger, it's probably leaning more towards punishment. Yeah, totally. it, it, It's not my intention, but it's kind of how I lean. But if my heart posture is I'm doing this for your good, what I'm doing is discipline. I'm bringing them back in. And a lack of discipline early on creates an open invitation for punishment later on. Yeah. And that's what we're seeing in a lot of society is like yeah. the younger generations are stepping into this undisciplined lifestyle. And what's happening is that they're kind of just out there doing whatever. And punishment is... Punishment is the reward for a lack of discipline early yeah. on in their lives. We were blessed, my wife and I, just this is a personal thing, but our kids got home about a week and a half ago. I think my wife posted this, but yeah. they just, they gave us, they bought her flowers and wrote a letter to, or a card to both my wife and I just saying, thank you for the discipline that you did yeah. while we were growing up because yeah. they're looking around seeing people that aren't walking in discipline and they're like, oh my gosh, the kids are out of control. Not like, oh, they're horrible kids. It's like, they don't have boundaries, so they are losing social skills. They're yeah. losing their grit on what hurts people and what doesn't, and they just, they're seeing this around them in school, things like that, and they're like, 
and thank you for what you did. Yeah. That's the fruit of truly fathering and truly disciplining and yeah. truly raising your children the way you're supposed to. And this is what the world needs to see mm-hmm. because the world, the world doesn't know what the father really looks like. Right. And so they think God's going to say no. I mean, that's the original temptation. If you pay attention to the original temptation in Eden, I told my kids this recently. I said, and I don't know how we turned this whole thing into a parenting <laughs> th- deal, but this is going to help a lot of you. And we're going to use, we should yep. use this other places. There we go. But um, I was talking to my kids about um, the, garden. the garden. And I said, before the devil brought the temptation, he says, did God really say you can't eat right. from any tree? In the garden. So what's he do to position them to be tempted and to to sin and to introduce everything evil into the world? Was he said, did God really say you can't eat anything, any fruit, any from any tree? And I said, kids, I told my kids, I said, pay attention, because as soon as you start to think things like my parents won't let me do anything, my parents won't let me go anywhere, my God won't let me do any like as soon as those thoughts come, the next thing is do something you're not supposed to do. Right. And so that whole deal of like, oh, no, no, no. Your parents are telling you there are things you can do. There's a right. lot of things you can do. And I think that's a part of discipline as well. As, Here's all the stuff you can do. Here's some things you can't do. Right. You can't do this and this and this, but you can do this and this and this and this. And you're protecting what they get to do, not just shutting out that's everything right. else. That's right. Um, a father is always going to guard us t- they're going to guard us for our benefit. Yeah. Not to prevent us from having things, but it's so that everything we have is actually in yeah. the right measure and the right timing. That's good. One more thought on this. Hebrews 12, 8 talks about mm. if a child doesn't have discipline, they're illegitimate. Yep. The King James Version says bastard, Yep. which basically means orphan, a, parent, a kid without parents. So without, the way I would say it is, if we don't discipline our children, if we punish our children, we, we're in partnership with the punisher. We mm-hmm. invite the devil into our relationship with our kids. But if we don't discipline, we actually invite the orphan spirit, who's also the devil. We invite the orphan spirit to influence our children, even if they live in a home with both parents, even if they have the roof over their head, the three meals a day, all that stuff. We invite this the spiritual orphan to mm-hmm. come in and make them illegitimate, make them feel live as though they don't have. That's right. Parents. Yeah. When you don't see the father, you only see the God likeness, which is what we're called to be. Yeah. But you lose aspect of relationship. I'd made a statement in the thing that it's like the rules of religion, the things that a lot of the world sees and even some Christians sees, these rules that are so static and if I break the rule, I get punished. The rules of religion actually become the the joy and the pleasure of relationship. Yeah. Like if I have a relationship with the Father, those things that are telling me I shouldn't do, I don't actually see them as a rule that I'm being held against. Yeah. I see them at man, it's my pleasure yeah. to not do that because I'm in relationship with the Father. Yeah, It's like that changes our perspective. So when we don't discipline, children, re- they, they lose the ability to see the Father and they only see the rules which they're managed by. Yeah, And it's not That's discipline, wow. man. It's actually this thing that it's like, oh, you're telling me I can't do this. Whereas the relationship is like, this is for your benefit not to. And in relationship, I'm like, thank you. Yeah. I want to be kept yeah. safe. 
This is huge. First John 5 says, um, this is the love of God, that you obey his commands, mm -hmm. and his commands are not a burden. Yes. Like, yes. It's not hard to obey when there's love present. Mm -hmm. And we love because he first loved us. So it's like, as fathers, our role is to love, connect, then they return love, they love us, we love them, and from that place, obedience is not even a challenge. That's right. It's so easy. Good. When it comes to God, when it comes to parents. And kind of the meat of the middle of my message was really about there is nothing I'm not willing to give him. Yeah. Because in relationship, it's easy. Yeah. I desire to give yeah. him everything because I have a relationship. Yeah. Whereas as soon as it becomes just this separated God and me as a Christian, not as a son, but as just a Christian and I'm looking at a God, it's like, wait, I have to give something up for you. Wow. Whereas in relationship, I'm like, please, well, yeah. please take this. This is all I have because you're my father. This is so good. If, love. if obedience is difficult, if obedience is a burden, love's not present. Right. And wow. you can't see the father for without love. My gosh. <laughs> Which brings me to my final thing that you mentioned at the end and that everybody needs to know about is you're starting the men's ministry here yeah because we're gonna really work on this yeah. with the young men the older men this is something you really have a call to oh, raise up yeah. healthy men yeah. and fathers and so the ministry's coming i'm so When's excited it coming? for january this. February? We're, we're probably looking at uh probably around a march time frame um i, I don't want to rush into something so i'm really going to spend the next couple of months praying with my core team figuring out okay What's the direction we want to go? Identifying men because we're going to have small groups within the ministry and I want to identify yeah. those group leaders. But the reality is that this has been on my heart for years and we knew getting here, it was a matter of timing. I couldn't just jump in and do that. There's too many other things going on with the overall yeah. you know, build of the church. But just Danny coming, Bill even speaking into the Father, just what we felt in the yeah. atmosphere. It's like, no, Absolutely. it's time for men to actually unite. And I'm, I'm just so excited. I think, I think if we actually have men that are willing to really give into this thing, mm -hmm. the unity and, and the voice that's going to come out of just this house, but even this city, I, I, I honestly am looking into the prophetic vision of like, yeah. oh, if we actually give everything to this true. thing, that dream's coming true. And we're going to be a city known of fathers. I love it. And it's, it, it, you know, so many it. young people are like, well, I'm not a dad yet. No, but you're a dad in training. Mm -hmm. And the reality is you can't yeah, be a good father until you're a time. good son. Yes. Once you understand your sonship, you actually understand how you become a good father. So Come on. it's going to be so good. I love really it. Excited. So keep an eye out for that guys. Yep. And Eddie, thanks for yeah. talking about the father and oh. helping us as parents all the time. We love it. Thank, thank you guys for watching or listening. We love you too. We'll yeah. see you soon at service, either online or in person. And as always, BethelATX.com, Facebook, Instagram, follow us there. Mm -hmm. Join along our journey or YouTube too. Yep. But we love you. We'll see you God soon. God bless you guys. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's Revival Recap. For more of our podcasts and other resources, visit BethelATX.com.